Hey, what's up, guys? This is Kyle here. I got one person here who doesn't eat beef. Got another guy here who only listens to Keith, and we are the You Know I Got Soul and Stereo podcast. Um, we have a special <laughs> guest in the house. Bob, who's the special guest? The special guest is the actual fourth member of the team. He digs through our submissions, helps us find uh, the best of the independent R&B artists out there so we can feature them. And he also runs the Soul Factory R&B Showcase here in New York City. Rich Concert Series. Yes. How you doing? <laughs> concert Soul Factory Concert Series. Yes, it's not a well, showcase. What's the difference? A showcase, you know, I mean, showcase, they they have some, all right. But the showcase to me is for, for artists that really don't have any, like maybe they don't have an EP out or they don't have any music out or they don't have a, a full album, in my opinion. Most of the artists that I book, that I try and book, have an EP out or an album out or they've done one or two albums or they've been on the independent circuit for for a very long time. You know, they, they, they're not major. They're, they're just independent. So that's why I don't call the Soul Factory a showcase. It's more like a, a concert series. Some of the people that are on my show have been doing it for years, where right. showcases have artists that only been doing it for like maybe six months, a year, two years, and they're just strictly doing covers. Or some of them may have one or two originals, but they don't have a catalog of music. That's the difference. All right. Everybody makes sense. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm here for the education. It's all good. <laughs> Ed, do have, wait, Ed, do they have showcases or concert series down there? Um, sure, we have concerts and showcases. We aren't just sitting looking at the uh, the, the the telly <laughs> on our coaches and buggies. The good thing about the South is that we don't have to dig ourselves out of 18 inches of snow, so you have fun with it, homie. And, and Tom just called you a Bama in his roundabout area. Like, y'all just Bama's down there. Y'all don't have nothing mainstream. You should really get at him right now. I really think you should have spoke to the juggler. That term Bama is always so weird to me when it's actually – because when I was in Virginia, like, that's what people call – you know, if you're from the country, you're Bama. Now that I live in Bama, I'm like, that's so whack. <laughs> Y'all got to come up with harder insults, man. Y'all in NYC, come harder. <laughs> all right. We love to mess with Ed. All right. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, let's let's focus here. Um, you know, a lot of great music has come out. A lot of great music is coming out. want to first start off with the releases in February. Tom, what are we looking forward to? Well, first off, we had a release yesterday. Well, Friday, Tank's new album is out. Has anyone checked it out? I have. Mm, I have. I have. Um, yeah, I think. I think. Um, am I allowed? Listen to the groans. Like, I mean, what's guys, the, um, guys. Okay, guys. okay. Right. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. This is a new year. Look, this is a new year. This is a new ad. I'm chilling. Right, I, I will start off with something positive. Mm-hmm. The the intro, the intro for that album is amazing. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, that is I a agree. Great I agree. Well, it's the thing the I'll best say about Tank. Thing... Go ahead. Let me say this about Tank. Obviously, he tried to be younger on this album, and I don't. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out results wise. That's all I know. 
Well, I think as um, I think you brought this point up, Kyle, that um, a lot of times this is a sequel album, and a lot of times you see a sales boost just from the reputation of the previous album. Sex, Love, and Pain is probably his best-known work. So, uh-huh. I mean, I think sales-wise, he'll get a boost from that. And I did love that intro. I will say that. The intro was the intro was 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 good, but he kind of lost me. Like as I listened more, like maybe the third, or maybe the fourth, the fifth song on the album kind of lost me there. I kind of felt everything sounded the same to me, and um, like I said, I think he's chasing chasing a market that, to my, in my opinion, that that's probably not checking for him. But I'm not saying that's negative, but. You know, I I think that there's an audience out there that would love to hear Tank do something more grown. And um, my my question is, did any of you hear any parallels between the original and the sequel? Only the intro. intro. (laughs) Only the intro. Mm -hmm. Which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you guys think that if he had named this album something else that? you know, maybe us as consumers, we would have judged the album differently. Because at least to me, he set the precedent so high with the first Sex, Love, and Pain that when I came into this album, that's what I was expecting, and I got something completely different. Well, that's what I have been preaching for years against sequel albums because I think it's very unfair to both the listener and the artist to expect to revisit that time and place where they were. Like a lot of people say, oh, we want another Confessions album. I mean, Usher was like ten years younger. Like you can't, you can't turn back the clock to where you were creatively and professionally. And when you put that number two on a familiar album, I think it kind of just sets unrealistic expectations for both the artist and the listener. So I would have stayed away from it. If he named it something else, maybe we would have like looked at it in a different light. I mean, y'all know me. My review is going to be the same. I don't care if it's called Songs in the Key of Life, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. But well, I think it does set a bad precedent, unfortunately, for our listeners who kind of are going to go into it and going to get their hopes crushed. But, the, but you know, the, but really, if you think about it, nobody really cares who gets their hopes crushed. They just want you to listen. That's that's the, that's the reason why they named it Sex, Love, and Pain Part 2. They want you to go and listen because they want you to expect that you're going to hear what you heard on the first album. They want you to come there right away. They don't want you to think about it. See, if he had named it something different, Ed, you would have to think about it. You would have a choice. With Sex, Love, and Pain, you don't have a choice. You're going to go and listen because you'd be like, you know what, the first one was hot. I'm going to go listen again. You know? And no, when no you get question. There, no question. Yeah, and then when you get there, they're going to be like, you know what? All right, I got you here, but I don't care what you think after I got you here. You know? You're going to take away three or four songs out of there that you're going to like and that you can buy and that they still make money on. It's all, a, it's all marketing. You know? it's, all a little, it's all trickery because they got me with one song. The B-Day song with, 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 with um, Saya and Chris Brown got me. I'm like, I like this. I'm probably, I'm probably going to buy it. They got my money. You know? So it's all well, marketing. You're right. It's marketing. It's marketing. They got me with literally one song, <laughs> but they, you know, it's marketing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Tom about this. We looked at the track list for the album, and no disrespect to the artist that I'm, I'm about to name here, but you know, you're you're going out to buy an R&B album, and you see names like Rich Homie Kwan, you see names uh-huh. like Yo Gotti. Are you really going to be expecting an R&B album when you see those type of features? 
Sage the Gemini makes me think of R&B, homie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, why, it's 2016. Why it's a new year. chilling. Rich, we why are you laughing? Huh? Why are you laughing? Because I know why he did that. You know exactly why he did it. Why are we all trying to skirt around why he did what he did? Like, he did it because he wanted that young listener. He wanted that money. He wants to get booked. He wants to book. He wants people, the young people come to his concerts to his shows. He does not, he does not want to be in, in, in categorized as urban adult contemporary. He just wants to be in urban, and he wants to be in both. He knows where the money is. That's why he did what he did. Yeah, but who he's is successfully stupid. doing that? No one's doing that. He's, he's just turned 40. Young kids aren't going to listen to a 40-year-old. It's not cool to do that. How many people actually outside of this group know that Tank is really 40 years old? I mean, he put on his Instagram, just turned 40. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically. Basically. <laughs> All right, just... you got me. You got me. <laughs> All right. Guys, let's focus here. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the other feature on the album I forgot to mention is Ed's favorite artist, Chris Brown, his cousin. Mm. Who actually just put on Chris. Is that really yeah, your cousin? It is a long-running joke on Soul and Stereo. He's actually like, like one of those cousins three or four times removed through marriage weird thing. Like, okay, all right, one of those deals. All right, well, I didn't grow up with him playing He Man. Like we didn't, we weren't playing Ninja Turtles <laughs> together. That's what you're well, hold on. Since uh, since we're talking about new music, obviously Chris Brown put out his new album, Royalty. And one of the songs on the album, one of the songs on the album features, I mean, doesn't feature, but samples a song by someone's favorite artist here, Keith Sweat. Lord, help me. Who's who's favorite artist is Keith Sweat? Ed. Ed? Oh, Ed. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, Ed, when you first heard that Chris Brown song, give me a reaction. (laughs) Tom, (laughs) it's Cousin Chris on the list, Tom. Tom, talk to me, homie. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> well, hold on. Before you go in, before you go in, like I listened yeah. to that Chris Brown album before any of you guys did, probably. And uh, Ed was asking me for my feedback on that album, and you know, I'm like, this song is cool, this song is cool, and I intentionally didn't, you know, mention the Keith Sweat sample at, at all. I made Ed find that on his own. So a day later, Ed was like, "Wait, why didn't you tell me he sampled Keith Sweat?" I'm like, "You gotta listen to it for yourself." So here we are now. Ed, give me your first reaction. Well, after I peeled myself off of the floor after hearing this um, nobody sample, um, I, you know, I got a new. We got a pacemaker installed. You know, I got my I got my my blood sugar medicine popping. Oh Lord, I have heard samples of my man Keith, but that was among the biggest of train wrecks. Now I will say, I will say that. The remix featuring Keith actually on it gives it a little bit more stability, but Lord help that original verse. It sounds like someone put the original song and your favorite trap rapper in a blender, turned that mug up, and was like, drink this disgusting smoothie. <laughs> wow. And that was, that was what I was going to bring up next is that two weeks later, surprise, Keith sweats on the remix. <laughs> No, I'm trying to get to 2016 without being hospitalized, but we're on the, this is like January the 24th, and we're struggling. 
But like I said, Keith did actually add a little something to it. I don't know if it was just a wild factor of he dug up Keith to be on this nobody uh, version of his song. But it, it came together a little bit better. It's still not on my part. I'll leave well, it at that. Well, I, I can. Um, I haven't heard the, the, the single. I will go and take a listen after we have this convo. But um, I'm probably thinking they did that because you know how some artists, like new artists, will go and jack somebody's song and not even mention that they were influenced by this artist and they they don't even pay homage to that person. So I guess by Keith Sweat doubling back and putting him on, it's like him paying homage. Like, listen, I respect the old school. I respect it a lot. This is where I got some of my training from, and I just want to put him on the song and say, I appreciate what he did, which is cool. You know, I haven't oh, heard yeah. the record, you know, I, I haven't heard the record, but um, I, I'm now that I've, you told me that I'm definitely going to go listen now. So um, how did you, how did you like um, Kyle, Tom, how did you like that record? Well, for me, when I heard the remix, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't understand why Keith Sweat would want to do the song because they had him sounding so raunchy on there. It just didn't vibe with what I expect from Keith Sweat, just being honest, Ed. Have you seen Keith Sweat's live show? Uh, once, only once. So maybe I, maybe I'm, maybe that's Keith Sweat, but I don't know. No. Like, to me. Keith Sweat cusses Keith? like a... <laughs> yeah, Keith gets it in. And people, you know, and there's the perception of Keith circa 1987. Keith's got a mouth on him, and Keith he can a, be nasty when he wants to. He, he's so, nasty. <laughs> yes, and he yes. actually he can adapt to more mm-hmm. urban sounds a lot easier than people kind of expect. But mm-hmm. this just sounded like a sound clash. Like he has done a lot mm-hmm. better urban records than this. And again, you know, if I gotta say some disparaging remarks about my man Keith, mm-hmm. the times are hard. But it's just, and it was nothing <laughs> against Keith on this record. It's just it was not a good fit. It was like, oh, this is a Keith Sweat song. Let's get him up there. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Keith has an album coming out this year. This is some good promo. Oh, Go ahead and promo too. So it, mm-hmm. it just it wasn't a clean fit is what I'm saying. Still you love my boy that. more than life itself, though. Are you admitting to us that Keith needs a check? Is he struggling out there? <laughs> well, let's now, did see I what... say that player? Thanks. So well, I let's see. Is Keith... Is Keith Sweat struggling? I'm going to check right now. It's always celebrity. No, I know he's not. He probably gets a good amount per show, and he still performs yeah. a lot. I, he, I don't Keith think he's is getting a probably 20, 20, 20 to 25 per show. He's not in trouble. Maybe more. He's not more than that. More than that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Keith Sweat is struggling. No. Yes. He's got the radio show, too. No, he's struggling, buddy. I'm looking at his net worth right now. I don't even that want to say it on. That is never accurate. Come on, it's what very accurate. Is not, it's very who says accurate. That is accurate. Google. It's very accurate. It's not Google. <laughs> it's not Google. What is want, this? Can I say it on the air and without us getting in any trouble? Yeah, go. <laughs> Negative two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Another word. Negative. Bankrupt. Yes. Negative two hundred and fifty. Come on, player. No. <laughs> That's if what I'm telling you. Go ahead. We go gotta, I need a lifetime biopic like you did Tony Braxton, and I want to see the. I need to see the receipts for Keith's books. I refuse to believe it. All right, we need to we, we need to check someone else. Can we compare against someone else? Cool, like who? Give me a number. Give me a name. Someone pick a name. I don't know. 
somebody Johnny from Hill. his era? Somebody from his era from back then? I got it. Genuine. Ooh, Genuine. Genuine. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Genuine. Five million. Well, there you go. ILL. How do we know if that's accurate? It's I don't know. How right? do we? It's it's a, it's that they they're in the ballpark. Whether a million or two up or lower, higher or lower, they're in the ballpark. That's about right. Oh, uh, you're gonna get. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> wow. In the ball. So apparently Keith is around here bumming for change outside in the snow on uh, um, Charles Park. Cigar in some place. Okay. All right, so with with Keith Sweat apparently struggling financially, who oh. better than Chris? Who better than to Chris now to sample a song? Nobody. And give him a check. And give him a check. Um, Kyle, Kyle, go, 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 go back to bed. Oh, man. go to bed. <laughs> it's bedtime. <laughs> All right, let's focus. Uh, the other major R&B release that came out about a month ago was Monica's new album, Code Red. Yes. Which was the album that. Again, to save R&B. Um, Ed, I know you're a huge fan of the album. I don't know who just said great album, but guys, talk to I me did. about the album. Um, I, I literally it. I was loved listening it. to it this morning. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every track. I think I think her and Timberland getting together, coming together with a great look, and um, the sounds were, were were old, but they had they were new and old at the same time. She had some older sounds with some new sounds, and just it meshed together. Perfectly, and and the fact that she has the voice to pull all of that off, I, I love the album. It's great. Old and young can get something out of this album. It's a good album. Well, as Kyle and I have discussed before, I absolutely adore the album. I did not adore Timberland singing all over the thing like Sam Cooke. I don't know what was up with that, but the album itself is fantastic, and she is such an underrated vocalist. When we talk about very underrated, like the best vocalist in the game right now. We never she's mm-hmm. never on that list, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like deep, I was listening to that a few hours ago. My goodness. No. One of the best R and B albums of the year. If it had come out like a, a week earlier, it would have made my list of top ten of the year. It definitely was. Not, not to not to bring up the, the rest in peace Natalie Cole, but like I would say that Monica's like your generation's Natalie Cole. Because, you know, Natalie Cole, when I, I'm a little older than you guys, so when I was growing up, Natalie Cole was never amongst the top ten singers in back in the 80s, when she really was. She could sing as well as all of them, but they never put her in that in that category. You know, and I think Monica is put in that same space where people don't really think that she's relevant because, you know, she doesn't – she's not she's not as she's not as present as she, as she should be. Maybe because she has her kids and she'd rather be with her family. And, and, you know, she doesn't really, maybe she don't need the money. I can look up her celebrity net worth right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> this celebrity oh, net worth, Lord. <laughs> He's going to have Monica's destitute, too. Good Lord. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to look it up. What's Monica's last name? Brown. <laughs> Monica Brown. Let me see. Are we really doing this? Right. I guess so. Yes, I am. Fifteen million dollars. <laughs> wow. She ain't hurting. But that's—I I put her in the same category as like a Tamia, who is not very visible and also has a great voice, but doesn't need to be out and visible because she's got exactly. a family. Yeah, yeah right. you know, she's well off. 
Yes. So and don't is. look her up. We don't need to know. Already yes, did. please don't. Already did. Already did. That's okay. Oh, my goodness. Myself. Okay. But anyway. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we, but, um, we actually slipped uh, Monica's album into, you know, I got sold top 10 albums of 2015. So I know, Kyle, you like that one a lot. Yeah, that was a good album. I think, like you guys have both said, the production on that really was was a huge highlight. Um, mm-hmm. You guys mentioned the song "Call My Name." That was that was a crazy song. Yep, it was. Yeah, but yeah, Timbaland singing. I why is he singing, guys? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I I mean, Timbaland is just such a creative dude. He's gonna get in there and he's gonna be in his space and. He probably heard the beat, heard her on it, and was like, oh, this needs a vocalist. I'm going to sing. And mm-hmm. Tim does it, so, of course, Tim thinks it's the greatest thing ever. And, you know, I love Tim, hometown brother, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That wasn't we still, Are we still looking up Celebrity Networks here? No, no, I'm not, we're not. no. We're I'm moving not on. No. We moved on. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. <laughs> oh, we're not, then. <laughs> um, one more, uh, well, this is actually a new song, and it's, like, from the biggest, the most popular singer on the Internet, and that's Brandy. Oh, you know, mm. we all, she put out a new single, Begging and Pleading. She's actually an independent artist now. Um, she Great. released herself on iTunes, and it's on an independent imprint. I think it's her own imprint. So it's interesting to see that Brandy is moving away from the major labels as well. Do you think that's a smart move? I think so. I think that was a very smart move. Based on the fact that her visibility right now is kind of she has her own show on BET. Um, if she takes the Tyrese route, which I think would be a smart move and really hit the promote the promotion of that single the way Tyrese did with um, Shane, it could actually be a win a win win for her. So um, I think she's in a be- a good position to be independent right now. I wouldn't I, uh, to her to go and let a label do all of this would be ridiculous when she already had the TV show to promote her the, the fact that she's visible you know so yeah and i think the song is great i think the song is a good record it's not really my taste but it's very well done she's her voice sounds incredible and um that's all i got i have to agree i mean i think that you know the tyrese route get you know major distribution and just kind of mm-hmm. run the project out there yourself but she's gonna have to put in the work i mean tyrese mm-hmm. really worked his ass off to get those sales and he is a celebrity, but Brandy has a, has a big following. She's also a celebrity. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see if she's willing to put in the work to do it. Yeah, hey, you guys. Ed? Oh, I'm here. I was waiting, um, letting the, um, being the gentleman, letting y'all roll first. I love the single. I do think that. So uh, there's been a little bit of standing on Twitter, believe it or not, stands on Twitter, you know, unheard of, that have kind of made this a little bigger than it should be. But I think it's a very strong song, and I look forward to an eventual album this year. And don't, for some reason, people are acting like it's the greatest song ever recorded in the, in the past 10 years. Like, y'all need to dial it back a little bit. But very solid, solid song, and I love the throwback sound on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you. Actually, guys, I, I, no, go ahead, Rich. No, I was saying I agree with Ed. Like you know, people out there are making it bigger than what it actually is. I like I told you, like I stated before, it's not my taste, but I I do feel that the direction she's going in and, and the production of her voice sounded fantastic. 
And yeah. like going back to what you said, Tom, if she's willing to put the work in and 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 promote an album by doing the things that Tyrese did, it could win. She could win. And um, just, you know, some artists just can't be lazy. They just got to go out there and put the work in, put the work in. That's all. Well, an article on Randy's last album, 211, and, you know, I made some points um, and, and some problems that I found with the ethics standpoint and also a marketing standpoint. And I think one of the things I mentioned was um, she had put out Put It Down, which was a huge single. Second single, Wild Street didn't really do much on the charts. And, and, you know, I think you guys are mentioning from an independent standpoint, you got to continue pushing. With Brandy on that album, she kind of stopped after the second single and just went on to pursue her role on BET's The Game. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a smart move for Brandy, but she just has to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I think it's a good start and a good launching pad, but by no means is it like, oh, it's back. It's safe. It's, <laughs> it's like back to 1998. Never say never all over again. Like, it's too soon to say that, but I do think that it's a great start. Well, I just wonder yeah. what direction she plans to go in with her music because the last album she tried to be younger. She had the Chris Brown single as well as some younger sounding production. Now she just comes back a few years later with this very grown sound. So, like, I'm just curious, like, who is Brandy right now and who is Brandy going to be musically? Does she even know right now? Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't think she's the type of artist to settle like a Tyrese did and just go urban AC and strictly be, you know, to the grown folks. Because Brandy mm-hmm. is, is a celebrity. I, I feel like she wants to be relevant to every age group. So how is she going to do that? You know, Tom has a valid point because it, it's very hard for her to – because I think the reason why I, I believe Tyrese won is because he picked. He, he made a choice. He made a decision. And he was he said he made a decision just to, just to promote and cater to what his market was, which is Urban AC. He did that, and he did it successfully. And it got a Grammy nom for it. So she's going to have to make a choice. I don't think she could do it all, quite honestly. I think she's going to have to make a decision. Who, who, who is this album for? What kind of artist I'm, am I going to be? And who's my, who, who am I, who am I, who's my target audience? That's basically it. And, uh, and uh, a good thing I respect Tyrese for, he does get a little out of hand sometimes, ranting and raving about certain things, but... I'm glad he made a choice because you see a lot of artists who are afraid to make that choice and just go to the growing lane. They want to, I mean, look at his colleague Tank. I mean, he's still, you know, going with the younger music. And I just think, you know, there's a time when certain artists just need to follow their fans and what are they into? Make music for them. Don't try to reach because it comes off as a stretch. It's not natural. So I respect Tyrese in that in that respect. So I hope other artists follow suit. Well, let me guys ask you then, who who are the Brandy fans? Because I go on Twitter and I see a lot of 14, 15-year-olds who are Brandy fans as well. So should she be talking to those people? Hmm. I, I mean, that's going to be kind of hard because those 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 teenagers are not going to be the ones buying the CDs if they're parents. And those parents right. are my age. So right. you can't really target those. You can't target them. They don't have money. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know what you have to do is you have to make sure there's a fine balance. So she's gonna have to make a make a few for the for the for the for the parents and a few for the fourteen year olds so that they can listen to the album together. That's her audience. She's gonna have to compromise. 
Rich, I'm going to need you to uh, go on the network website and check out the uh, the network for a 14-year-old. Uh, the network, I'm doing that right now. It's absolutely uh, $14.50 each. No, <laughs> 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 oh, but you guys made, you guys made a good point. Um, it's, it's tough for anybody, not just Brandy, but any R&B artist right now to make something that caters to all audiences. Look at Usher. He tried, and he's, you know, he's still without an album, so it's yeah, but be but you see, but you're not looking. You're not paying attention to what I mean. I'm not saying you're not paying attention. I'm paying attention to what Usher is doing, and quite honestly, Usher has been in, has stays in rotation. Usher hasn't had an album in how many years? Tom, maybe five years, four, four years. five years, four years. Four. Usher hasn't had an album, but he stays in rotation because he's dropping singles left and right. Dropping a single, he's trying to see what sticks. He's trying to see what people are listening to, and when he drops his album. People are going to be like, woo, they're not going to be like he didn't drop it. He's always been on the radio. Usher had almost five songs on the radio last year alone. You can't tell me he didn't. He stays in rotation. He's not stupid. That, that's another topic for another another podcast. We always talk about it. And plus, Usher doesn't belong to us anymore. Usher's an international artist. He doesn't belong that's to us. That's what I said. That's what, exactly. Exactly. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's not. He's not ours. He's not R and B. He's not pop. Usher just goes where Usher's just Usher. He's an entity all by himself. That's it. You know, he's an island by himself. Usher is Usher. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Where you at, Ed? Ed is chilling, dog. I'm just letting y'all run because I don't want to hop in and. Cost Tom money right now, so we good. Since <laughs> Keith apparently only has fourteen dollars in the bank, I'm trying to be careful with Tom's money at least. Well, well, we've got some other. How about this? Ed? We've got some upcoming albums for R&B this year, but you know, Keith, I think announced his album is coming in April. What, what is your preview of Keith Sweat's new album, Ed? What do you expect? Well. Um, I and I think both our sites have um, kind of highlighted his new single, "Good Love," and it's okay. I mean, it's not horrible by any means. It's solid. It seems to me more of an. It feels more like an album cut than a a blockbuster single. And Keith's albums rarely are horrendous. They're almost always solid. So I'm hoping going forward that we get a little bit more kind of kind of a more distinct sound from him. So I think the album, of course, is going to be solid, but I'm going to have to defer and see what comes in the future before I christen it, christen it yet another classic because my boy has a few on his on his radar. So we'll see going forward. Hmm. Another album we've got coming out soon is uh, Lion Babe's debut album. I know we're all fans of them, the new duo. Uh, Rich, what do you think of Lion Babe? I like it. I like the direction they're going in. I think their 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 production is is fresh. Um, it's new. I think her voice is is classic. And, but you know, but you know, we know the lineage she comes from. I actually think she sounds better than her mother. But um, yeah. you know, um, I think that it's promising. I, I and I also like the fact that she's not playing on that on that whole situation who her mother is. Yeah. So the music speaks for itself. And so far, I haven't heard anything bad. From that, from that duo, 
So um, I'm, I have yet to catch a live show from them. I'm actually, I actually would love to book them, but I don't know if they're in my in my price right. If they're in my my pockets, can afford them now. Maybe last year I had an opportunity, but I don't know if I can do that now. But I, I would love to book them to get them on my show. That would be nice. My, my, not my show, my concert series. Sorry, you got me messed me up. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, but I like them. I like Lion Baby. Yeah, I agree. I really think that they have an opportunity to bring a really fresh sound that harkens back to R&B roots and then can connect with new listeners. I really think that they – I don't want to hype them up too much and put too much pressure on them, but I think that they really have an opportunity to be huge. So I'm really looking forward to what they have this year. You know what this takes me back to? And and tell me if you agree. Um, Groove Theory. Remember when Groove Theory hit? Like in the late very 90s, much. So that's 90s. a great comparison. That is really good comparison. Mm-hmm. This reminds me. That's why I'm like they might, they might have a shot. And 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 if and if they could stay together and work together, they could go far. But look what it did for Amel Larue. She's still performing and she's still doing her thing and she still sells out shows. You know. So it, this is like the second coming of Groove Theory, in my opinion. That's a great comparison. I hadn't even made that one. Oh, wow. Another album we've got coming out in a few weeks is uh, Maya's new one. And believe it or not, Maya's, a lot of people don't realize, she's been releasing albums independently for the past mm-hmm. five or so years, EPs, albums. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting another good project from her out. Have you guys checked out any of her previous releases of EPs? I have. I have. They're, they're actually, they hit or miss. Some are really good. Some are really bad, but um, tough critic here. Jeez, <laughs> what? I'm just, it's the truth. Some are really, really good, and some are really bad. But um, the ones, the, the last two, I believe, have been really good. Have been have been decent, and um, I just want to see her do more shows. I want to see her yeah. doing more things. I don't want to see her swinging on poles in strip clubs or dancing. I don't want. I saw that. I didn't like it. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. You know, because you know that Maya is like my 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 girlfriend in my head. Don't let my oh, wife be like trying to kick my ass. Oh, but um, oh boy, you know, um, I I I just I think the I think her new music. I think she's definitely talented. Her music is is I always liked it. She's a great performer. Um, she can sing. You know, we just we just got to figure out a way to get her to New York City so we can see what she's doing. I mean, between Tom and myself and and you know in New York, we could probably get her something. To see what she's doing, I'm sure we can. Yeah, you know. Yeah. If we really put our minds together, we could actually get her a show just to see what she does with it and see what the what the music sounds like. If she can just come off that all that extra stuff that she needs to be here, let's just make it happen. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I've been covering shows in New York City for for five years now, six years, and I've never seen. I've never been to a live concert. I've never seen a Maya, Maya concert, and I'd love to. So let's just make it happen. Let's just make it happen. I mean, I think at the at this level where we are now, we could probably make it happen. Let's Absolutely. Just make it happen. <laughs> you know, let's just put it out there in the universe that we're going to bring Maya to New York City in 2006. <laughs> we're putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> you, you just reminded me of something, though. This is this is a changing subject, real quick, but. Uh, we, we we did this article recently. Kyle wrote this article, and we actually got dissed by an artist, kind of, uh, by Pleasure P. 
Kyle, can you touch on that? We tried to get him as a guest on our podcast to to, to talk with us. Right. But, right. Uh, so I, I did an article. Uh, Tom and I and Ed have talked about this for a while now, but it's uh, shout out to our uh, YouTube listener, Lachelle Wallace, because she actually to put together this article, but are all the um, young R&B artists that came in the 2000s. You know, we're talking about Mario, Lloyd, um, mm. Jay Holiday, and no, dis- oh, Mario, no disrespect to them, because I know some of them are still putting out music, Pleasure P, but it doesn't seem like they've been able to have the impact that the previous generation had. You know, they started off a little younger, but they also, you know, saw more initial success, but where are they in 2006? Because it doesn't seem like a lot of them, aside from Chris Brown and Trey Songz and Neo, are really doing anything. So, what happened with Pleasure P? Yeah, so I put together the article, posted it on Instagram. Pleasure P, I tagged all the artists, too, just so they could see it. Probably not the best idea, but I did that. <laughs> Pleasure P read the, art, uh, the article and said it was the stupidest article ever and that none of it was true. And... Um, some of the points that I just made were that during the 2000s, everything was so single-driven that, you know, these young artists weren't able to develop their own identity, that they were all chasing after the same sound. And as a result, they weren't able to develop their, you know, their artistry as well as their fan base. So, you know, Pleasure P has his own, his own opinion, and we respect it, but, I mean, the question then begun, be, uh, is, you know, where are they right now? Why did why did you think he thought it was stupid? But what was his what was his, his exact response? This is the stupidest article I've read all year. None of this is true. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> um, well, Colin, um, 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 do y'all want me to? Do you want me to? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. In here? Yes. Okay, um, I'm going to use my words and choose them nicely and wisely. And I will preface this by saying, as you know, as Tom and Kyle know, um, and many of our listeners know, I am a legit columnist and journalist, an award-winning one, not to brag, but I got them awards, dog. And I do this in real life. And part of a journalist's job is to present facts on both sides of the aisle that are impartial. And my guy Kyle, that's what he did in his article. And if you read the article, it does not paint Pleasure P in a bad light. He didn't say Pleasure P is a one-hit wonder or from a group that nobody remembers or anything like that. He said that there was some talent here that could be better utilized. And here are some ways. Let me offer some ways that we can help your career. Tom, Kyle is actually giving you some pointers to help you out, homie. So when he did that along, and it wasn't a hit piece on Mr. P, it was a kind of a overview of artists from a specific era saying this is where we're missing and this is how they can contribute. So Pleasure P got all up in his feelings about it. And if, when in fact, if he read the whole article, instead of focusing on just his one part, he would have seen that this was an overview that was talking about helping the state of R&B. So my challenge to Pleasure P and to other artists like them is to look beyond their own insecurities and look at how that they can support the genre in full because that's why R&B right now is in the state it's in is because there are lots of artists out here so focused on what they're doing and how they can get over and how they can put out 
songs that can only reach, they can get them on radio really quick when they are all out of their lane and out of their age group. And instead of thinking about ways to grow their sound and grow the genre in total, which is what Kyle's article was about. So, Pleasure P, if you disagree, we have this podcast where we would love to debate. We would love to hear your side of the argument, and we would love to debate this with you. But you got to realize, homie, that this is more than just you and your career. We are talking about R&B in its entirety. That's what Soul and Stereo does. That's what you know I got Soul does. So, my brother, if you want to have this conversation. This forum is here for you. We'll be glad to hear, and we would be glad to promote your music and talk about how you can help R&B as a whole. But if you're just going to talk about all you're going to do, you got Twitter and Instagram for that. So stay with your stands, and we'll just keep on looking. Hmm. I, well, I agree with that. Well said. It wasn't, I'm going to clap right because I was well said. I don't have nothing <laughs> to add to what he just said. I was trying to be nice, so okay. That was that was well said. I'm sipping on my lemonade, though. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) No, but fellas, uh, um, he's right. He's right. Um, Ed is right, and a lot of those artists they they refuse to evolve. And you know, if you look at other artists who are out around, even some of the let's let's take case in point. My one of our favorites, Tom Joe. You and I, we like Joe. We love Joe. Mm Joe was one of those artists that was major in the the mid-90s to the late 90s. He was major. And Joe is smart. He noticed what was going on in the industry. So he took that he took that he took that independent route. He took that independent route and decided, "You know what? I'm going to take my popularity as an artist. I'm going to go independent. I'm going to do this for myself." He continued to make music. He never stopped. Never ever stopped. Right, and he worked hard. Joe was always touring. Joe is is always in, in in some venue, but he stays humble and he keeps making good music for his fans. And that's what a lot of these artists don't want to do. They don't want to evolve. They still want to be on top. They still want to be number one. And you know what? You can't be number one all the time. Sometimes you have to let some of those things go and evolve and 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 just change. You know, just cater to you to the fans that you had back then because they're still there and they still want to hear from you and they they just forget. You know, Mario still Mario still has fans. Mario's fans are probably thirty five now. They still want to hear music. Why not make it for them? That's all I got. Well, I mean, in their defense, I will say that there is a part of the game where you want to make money, and that means you have to appeal to the mainstream. So you have to do little things and put Fetty Wap on your song and garbage that makes my skin crawl, but I understand why you do it. To my point with Mr. Pleasure P is this ain't 2004 anymore, homie, so you can't keep acting like that it's still 2004 and, you know, they're playing Did You Wrong on the radio every five minutes. You have Mm -hmm. to accept criticism and accept that these are ways that you can help. We're fans. We want to help you branch your sound and give you a new sound, and we want you to succeed because we love the genre. We won't want the genre to fall into the crevices where people are telling me that Trap Queen is an R&B song because R&B is so (laughs) void on the radio right now. So we're trying to help you out. So if it would be behoove these artists, instead of throwing stones and acting like they still got hits on the radio, to listen to the constructive criticism, and whether you agree or disagree, you know, that's your prerogative, cool. But don't attack the people that are actually trying to help you out, is what I'm saying. And the interesting thing is he hasn't had an album since 2009. 
So, I, I you know, take that for what it's worth. That's not by and choice. And they hit since way before then, but they take that for what it's worth. <laughs> probably not by choice. So he probably doesn't have the resources to get one done. And, yeah, and, but look, and at, look at an artist. Look at an artist of the same generation. I think who did a did a good job, and that's Jay Holiday. He put out an album mm-hmm. a couple of years ago on his own, and I thought it was a pretty solid album. It, it, it was. Like, it was too commercial, and uh, no. you know, I thought it was a good blueprint for some of these other artists to follow. It was age. Let's put it this way: it was age appropriate for him that album. Yeah, I yeah. listened to it. It was age appropriate. And, and, and Jay and, Holiday it, was mentioned in that article that Kyle wrote, if I remember right. So mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. It was age. It was age appropriate. So I, I don't know what these artists want or what they want to do. If they want to, you know, they want that superstar that they used to have. I mean, it comes. That comes and goes. You, you're not going to maintain. It's only not everybody gets that. You understand? That's something that you know. You may have ten artists. Maybe one may. Maybe one or two may transcend to that international level like Usher or Michael Jackson or, or, or whoever or trade songs. This doesn't happen often. You know? Honestly, I think August Alcina got lucky. But I don't know. <laughs> like, I think he got lucky. I don't think he got lucky. Do, do I think he's an amazing singer? No. He sounds just like Trey to me, but he just got lucky. And um, right place, right time and right songs. That's it. Do I think he's going to have a, a long career? No. You know, but He's what, what people like to hear. Two years from now, you're not going to hear nothing from August Alcina. But um, I didn't say that. I said it. You know, I got told didn't say it. Wow. Ed didn't say it. Soul Factory said, said it. Oh, Ed said Soul Factory said it. You can put Ed that on Ed, too. Ed said yeah, it too. you put that on Ed, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> All right, Kyle, take us home. All right. Uh, Yesterday they aired the uh, the Tony Braxton biopic, right? Anyone catch that? I watched it. Yeah, I watched it, and in fact, and we can talk about this. We usually wrap up with this, but Soul and Stereo featured um, Tony's seven best albums following that. So go to soulandstereo.com and check out out her um, discography ranked from one to seven. Anyway, to the um, biopic. You know, it was okay because with Lifetime, the bar has been set so low that mm. you expect it to be entertained by Twitter and the memes and not what you were watching on TV. But it was okay. I did prefer the behind the headlines or after the headlines, whatever it was called, the little documentary after the show. I thought that was better than a movie, but it was pretty decent, I thought. I I I thought it was well done. I actually I thought it was very good. Actually, I I thought that I mean some of the stuff that they touched on, she spoke on. The only thing that I didn't know about, I didn't know about her boob job. I didn't know she had a boob job. I didn't know. I thought that was all natural. Damn, she took the dream away she from me. She had a bunch of jobs. That's just the only one they focused on. I know, right? She she, she got her nose done too, I think. But anyway, oh yeah, um, <laughs> she got the nose done and the boob job. But also too. I did not know that she had gotten $22 million from the Face Records when she filed that lawsuit. And I had no idea they put a 10-year gag order on her that she could Nobody did. Yes, nobody, nobody did. Nobody did. And, and that's and, the – and see, you see how we judge? Like, we look, remember back then when it first happened, Ed, how we judged and said, oh, she out there spending money on Gucci this, Prada that, whatever. And nobody knew. And Yeah, told, nobody knew, but – 
But I will say, and a lot of times, you know, this is um, cynic journalists coming out. I felt like a lot of times this movie felt like, uh, see, y'all thought I spent this money, but here's a movie to prove that I actually got some money. Ha ha. So I felt like that was like a little bit too much of the focus. But let's not forget, she did spend kind of recklessly. She was buying Gucci yeah, silverware. Yeah, but she but beyond that, she was not the she was not broke and impoverished like you know like some folks who Google saying Keith is a million dollars in debt. I'm gonna have to see that movie come out. <laughs> but my point is, you know, this it was a chance for her to set the record straight. It was oh, it was you know it was decently done. I'm not gonna say it was the greatest movie of all time. It was decently done. And like into your point, it was good for her to set the record straight. And, and it was. people that way don't have to judge and say, oh, Tony Braxton was broke after two albums because we right. were saying that in the nineties. We were, and and she really wasn't when she took that hiatus and she disappeared for those years. She had got I didn't know she had that twenty two million dollar check, but she did. She had it. She sure was did. She sure had that money, and she was chilling. And um, you know, I, I I like I said, I, I thought it was well done. Um, I'm sure I, I'm sure she didn't put everything in the movie, but um, I still think that she's a she's a solid artist, and she still has more to come. I just think that she needs to, you know, put more effort into cater. Like, look, she won a Grammy with the with the album she did with Babyface, right? That means that she, they, people still out there listening to her. They still want to hear from her. She's a legendary artist. Nobody can take that away from her. She's a legend. She's up there, and and she has to keep it going. And she's not even fifty. She's not fifty yet. She can keep this going for a no. long time. You know. So that's all I got to say, Tom. Huh? I can watch it, but I would like to hear a new solo album from her. I mean, she's still mm-hmm. in the lead artist. You know, mm-hmm. people love that album she had with Babyface. Mm-hmm. It was a great album too. I loved it. I Kyle, loved it. you want you want to end with our food discussion, Kyle? I was just gonna say I'm on SoInStereo.com right now, checking out Ed's mm-hmm. rankings, Tony Braxton album. Uh-huh. Ed, can I sit on this podcast and tell him the rankings? Yes. Well, no, don't don't give it away, but you can give away you can give away number one, but don't give away the whole ranking. Number one uh, is the self-titled album Tony Braxton. I'm actually yeah, I think I'd agree with this list. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into the food discussion because it's getting crazy out here. Um, obviously, in New York right now, it's Knowing like crazy. Um, guys, uh, what did you guys have during the winter holidays? What? <laughs> Are we really doing this? Yes, we every we always finish up with a food question. Yes. This is part of it. Thanks for tuning in, Rich. I'm sure you haven't listened to any of ours yet. Wow. Man. Messed wow. up. Oh, blast, I, have li- I have listened. I just haven't gotten to all the way to the end. But, oh, okay. Oh. I haven't gotten to the end. Um, what did I have during like, in the holidays? Has anyone tried the patty on the cake? I mean, the pie? No, 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 no. Yes, yes. It's funny you say that, because I had not had one, but we had a New Year's Eve party, and someone brought the Patty LaBelle pie to the New Year's Eve party. And it is okay. It is like the Tony Braxton movie. Like, it's better than you thought. <laughs> But it is not the greatest pie you ever had in your life. Oh my god! 
It's not. What was the homie? The homie that did the video. Um, I can't think of his name. Like, I don't know if he's never had pie before in his life. It was not good enough for me to be singing on my own, but it was die. I might sing some fatty, but that's it. <laughs> that dude did. That dude did that for a reason. First of all, you, you, that dude was a foodie. He liked food, and he's a singer. And it got him where he needed to be, which was on stage. No, it got him. It did. <laughs> so, I can't hate the grind. The hustle was on point. I ain't it. mad at that. Hustle was dope. He did what he had to do. Because, uh, you know, Steve Harvey got bacon out there now, too. But anyway. Steve so, Harvey has bacon? Yes, he has bacon. <laughs> yes. Google it. Wow. I'm telling you, it's going to come up. Easy wow. cook bacon. Yes, he does. All right, Tom. What what what's your go? What's your go-to holiday food? Well, I have a food to comment on. I was in Disney World a couple weeks ago, and they were selling like these giant turkey legs, and people were just <laughs> walking around chomping on them. I couldn't understand what was going on. Do you guys eat turkey legs? No, I yes. turkey legs. Yes, it I looks, like turkey. I mean, I don't eat it like a barbarian, like those people at the park. I've seen it. Like it's not like, the Flintstones, right? Yeah, like yeah. the freaking Flintstones. But, I mean, I make them every once in a while. You just bake them and hook it up. They're good. It was finger-looking good, just apparently. Use a knife know. and fork, though. Don't no, no knife and fork necessary. You just chomp right on it. My God. I mean, act like it's the 21st century, people. Put a knife and fork to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all I know. I don't really do food, so I had some great jokes today, though. Rich, what about you? Holiday food? Anything? Oh, oh, I'm trying to think. What did I eat for the holidays? Oh, I don't know. I was working. What's your favorite was, food, Rich? What, my favorite food? Yeah. Come on, Tom. You know what that is. You've been around me enough. Tell us. <laughs> Five Guys Burgers. Burgers. <laughs> I'm a burger junkie. Any burger, all burgers, I will eat a. I have to eat a burger at least twice a week, or else I'm not right. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm not right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm a burger junkie. Mm. If I see a burger commercial, I have to leave my house and get a burger. I don't care from where. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a burger. I'm a gourmet burger junkie. Yes. I need. I need. I need a class. I need some type of I mean, intervention. Five Guys is hot. My my wife loves it to death, but, I mean, sometimes it's a bit too much. Like, I have to be in a mood for it, but, you know, this this joint's nice. It's nice. No, I sneak away out of I I go to Five Guys, like, every week. Yeah. It's, it's bad. No, my, it's bad. my heart literally can't take it. No. My my heart's probably just going to shut down in, like, a, a, in a year or so if I keep going. I don't know. <laughs> How does it make you feel when you see the bag and it's just, like, dripping grease through the bottom? I feel good. I feel like I've been... Wow. wow. I feel like I, I've had a hard week and I deserve all this grace. Give it to me. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to suck it down. It's all good. I'm taking it. I don't care. It's peanut oil. They cook it in peanut oil. How unhealthy is that? Is that really unhealthy? Kyle, that's like when we were in New Orleans. There was grease everywhere. Oh, yeah. That was that was good times. <laughs> I, Everything I, was I, cooking. I, oh, if I went to New Orleans, I'd have a field day. I'd probably come back looking like Ruben Stuttered. I'm <laughs> telling you that. <laughs> oh, my God. Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> <laughs> so I would. 
You see the grease on my lips? What happened to you? Nothing. What'd you eat? Everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, guys. That's all. <laughs> on that note, wrap it up. That's going to be it for this week's uh, edition of the podcast. I mean, we haven't done one in a while. I want to first off thank uh, thank Rich for coming on this podcast and giving us great entertainment and also letting us know the celebrity net worth of Keith Sweat. <laughs> We're probably going to use, use that. We're going to have to be working at Five Guys now, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, Rich, thank you. And, uh, anything you want to add? No, I'm, uh, I want to add. Um, I, I, can I add that the Soul Factory's um, opening show for the year is February 12th at BB King. You know, we have the best music for the best listeners. Please come on through. You can look it up on Ticketmaster at BB Kings, or you can go to my Facebook, Richard L. Johnson, Soul Factory Presents, and hit me up there. All right. Perfect. Uh, Ed, anything you want to add? Of course. Thank you all for checking out soulandstereo.com. I got some more stuff up there for you. As we already mentioned, we're ranking Tony Braxton's discography, her seven albums. So go there, check it out. Tell me what I got wrong because I'm sure that's what y'all do. Um, I also have a review of Anderson Pack's new album, which took me by surprise. I really like it. So check that out. Yes, and I was not ready for that. And another post that people really love, on a whim, I just randomly did a post of 20 cartoon memories from the 80s and 90s that, like, we'll never forget. People love that post. So if you want to go back and look at old school Transformers and G.I. Joe and He-Man and whatever else, I got Killer Tofu with Doug. Like, go check that out. People love that post. All righty. Uh, just looking forward to all the new RV coming out, and we'll continue to support it. You scary guy. All right. All right, guys. All right. All right, you guys. All right. We'll see, back in, uh, we'll see you back in another time, and we'll have another podcast. But until then, we are out.